As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Girl Talk. Teen Girl Talk. I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. And this week we're freaking. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not committed to that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to. I don't really want to commit to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome to Teen Girl Talk. And this week we are freaky. Is that better? Like less, less bombast, less fanfare. Uh, better, warmer. Um, how would you say it? Okay, Frank, Mr. Expert of how to say things. And I just want the listener to know that Frank told a joke so egregious before we started recording, and I will not repeat the joke, that I threatened to cancel the episode of the podcast. So now, Frank, please tell me how one is supposed to say the title of Freaky. Proceed. Well, welcome to Teen Girl Talk. We're freaking. That made me so deeply uncomfortable. I'm just going to push forward and strike it from my mind. It is stricken. Okay, so up top, a couple of trigger warnings. Um, there is a shit ton of violence in this film. Uh, I just rode that 10-second skip button, so I will not be describing and or talking about any of it. But I just wanted to mention it in case this sounds like a movie that someone might want to go and watch on their own. Um and I apologize that we did not give this warning last week. Neither of us had seen it, but it, yeah, it's pretty violent. Uh, there are inferred and attempted assaults in this film. Um, 
I, I know it's going to sound crazy when we say it's like lightheart, like a generally lighthearted film, because it does kind of like flirt with these very heavy and serious subjects. Uh, we will not really be going into that either. We will mostly be concentrating on the teen girl aspect. Also, the fact that Vince Vaughn is rivaling Jack Black and being good at emulating a teen girl. <laughs> and I yeah. appreciated that. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. I well, think yeah. you've probably gleaned a little bit from just the trigger warnings yeah like i honestly um this movie reminds me of something where i'm just constantly like oh yeah i forget vince vaughn can be cool like i mean i've always liked vince vaughn i don't like like wedding crashers i think okay look i i know this seems like a weird sort of rubric to apply to a movie star I think movie stars are just like everyone else where sometimes you take a job because it makes you money. <laughs> and I don't know how Vince Vaughn feels about wedding crashers, but if the check was right and someone was like, do you want a shit ton of money and to like sort of be on this franchise? I'd be like, yeah, why not? Whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. Um, do you think John Favreau still hang out? I don't know. Um, like, I feel like whenever he's called upon to be a bro, he's at his least likable. Like, when he's just, like, a dude going about his business, I, I find him more likable. Like in um, Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Or That's the Cell. Ben Stiller, right? Yeah. Oh, and, like Lost, like, Lost World, Jurassic Park. I constantly just, like, oh, I was like, who's that cool guy in Jurassic Park? Oh, shit, it's Vince Vaughn. Because, like, the other part is, and this is not based in any fact, but one of my favorite things about Vince Vaughn is <laughs> pictures of him eating. <laughs> because, like, Vince Vaughn just goes in. Like, I, most of the paparazzi pictures of him eating are him trying to stuff an entire ice cream cone in his mouth at once. And I'm like, is there anything more relatable? <laughs> so, like, I, I love that he is sort of like, yeah, I... I live very close to my desires. That being fitting a whole ice cream cone in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Or a hot dog. I also like hot dogs. So, <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> I just like speed drove the, uh, the podcast episode into a cul-de-sac and then abandoned it. Like left the car running, ran away. Was like, figure it out, Frank. <laughs> Make something of this. My love of pictures of Vince Vaughn eating. Go ahead. Try it. I mean, it just reminds me of how much you love watching Jake Gyllenhaal cry. Like I something is wrong with me. <laughs> something is like deeply wrong with me. Where I'm like, you know what I really appreciate about these male actors? <laughs> is there something wrong with you or do you just have particular tastes? I, I don't think anyone uh, harmless has ever said I have uh, a particular set of tastes. <laughs> but okay, let's talk about this movie. This movie deserves to be talked about. <laughs> yes. um, so this movie came out October of, this of last year, 2020. Um, I have been writing 2020 still. It's halfway through March. Can't be helped. <laughs> Time has no meaning anymore. Uh but I had gotten tickets to go see a screening um, at a drive-in in Queens. And it was like during a particularly stormy week and it got postponed. I was just like, I just am not up for the drive. Um, <laughs> I do like drive-in movies, but 
the other part is I'm so glad I didn't go by myself because I would have been like, well, <laughs> now I, I can't sleep. <laughs> but this film is about Catherine Newton from our movie last week. Uh, she was the female protagonist in the map of tiny perfect things. Um, and just like, so, sorry to, to diverge us, but just like, like after Map of Tiny Perfect Things and um, like this movie, I'm just like, God damn it, Catherine Newton's a talent. Yeah. Also, Hollywood, stop trying to sell us this false bill of goods that she's not gorgeous. Yes. Like, <laughs> what the ever living fuck? Where like this movie opens with her being like a downtrodden nerd, and I was like, movie. <laughs> Shut up. Like, dumb. It's stupid. Like, I... There are a lot of ways to be attractive or handsome or beautiful, but there are also some very, like, let's say, traditional mainstream ways. Catherine Newton is mainstream traditionally attractive. So the fact that the movie last week tried to make us believe that she was frumpy by putting her in, like, an array of mismatched sweatpants. And this week she's getting bullied by people that she's comparably attractive to is like a little bit ridiculous is like a little hard to swallow. So I was like, okay, movie. And I think up front, even what really stuck out to me about this movie is that both her and Vince Vaughn are not treating this film like it's a cheap throwaway horror movie. Like, they are really putting their backs into it. And I had read up a little bit about it when it came out. And apparently, the director had taken videos of both of them delivering the lines, like, I don't I don't know how to talk about it, like, in their original bodies, so that when they do the switch, the other actor could watch it. Which I thought was neat. And which makes both of their demeanors make a lot more sense because they get it so I think no pun intended dead on. Yeah. I'm like I'm also like I didn't also <laughs> I feel dumb because I'm also just like looking through her like Wikipedia, you know, IMDB. And I'm just like, oh my God, she's been in so many things I've liked, like Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Yep. Um she was in blockers. Like but yes. just like, you know, she never hit on my radar until like we did this back to back double feature. And she's going to be Cassie Lang in the upcoming um, Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. And that is Scott Lang's daughter, who was like Lil when he got pushed what? into the black hole or whatever, right? Yeah. Is Michael Pena in that movie? I'm assuming he's going to be. Okay. And Cassie Lang is going to become a superhero all her own. Oh, cool. Um, I cannot say that I care about the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie like at all um, I'm not trying to be provocative I just found it like fine but I did. it didn't feel like anything you know does that make sense yeah I like the first one but that felt so I feel like in the second one they were expecting me to have more of an attachment to the characters and I'm like look Ant-Man was a movie I saw once like three years previous to this I do not have a ton of feelings about this other than Paul Rudd just being very magnetic all of the time. Well, my thing about the the, the first Ant-Man movie is it's like a redemptive story where mm-hmm. like, you know, and I know that sounds ridiculous for Ant-Man, but it's just like 
you know, he's trying to become better so he can hang out with his, like, be with his daughter again. That is a compelling story. And Ant-Man 2, everything's pretty much fine. <laughs> like, he's like, I just need to, like, be back by so such and such a time, like, so that I can, you know, get off of house arrest. And, like, it, it's more of, like, a bumbling height, like, not even a heist movie, just, like, the stakes aren't as high to me. Because I'm like, I were, he Scott's good. <laughs> and at that point, is Michael Douglas, spoiler alert, dead? No, he's still alive. Is he, like, in the other realm? Or now, does he just not like Scott? I can't remember. I mean, he never re- he never really liked Scott. Um, like, it's in my head, too, he just keeps turning into Jeff Bridges. <laughs> but I was no. like, no, Jeff Bridges was in one of the Iron Mans, I think? It, no, Jeff Bridges was in... Um, no, Spider-Man's. No, no, sorry, you are right. I, I got him confused with um, Kurt William Russell. Defoe. Kurt Russell in um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But Jeff Bridges is in the first Iron Man, and he's immediately killed. Um, <laughs> and don't they put him in his own Iron Man suit, and it like looks fairly ridiculous? Yeah, it's really dumb looking. I remember about these movies. It's like, I feel like any actual fan, Frank included, would just be like, Susie, please stop talking about that. Right. But yeah, but like the first. Let's anime- get back to this movie, though. I'm sorry, this is turning into a Marvel hour. Okay, I, you finish your sentence, and then I am consciously, consciously, consciously. Okay, I think, we know what you're steering saying. us back onto the highway. Do not, <laughs> do not act like you are in a rush now, Frank. <laughs> well, no, because I never like. No, it's just because I only really remember the first Ant Man because like there's a the, the part towards the end. When he's like, I gotta shrink like super small to get in to like stop this guy from hurting my daughter, and the last thing he says like in the present world is "I love you, Cassie." That always gets to me, <laughs> and I know I'm stupid, but I don't know. No, I don't think you're stupid. I think it's the power of Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like um, think about so he is a completely unlikable character. I love that we're talking about Paul Rudd and he's not in this film at all. <laughs> but it's, he would I, be. It would be really. He would be really good in the serial killer role, though. It'd be Do you such think a one. People just won't let him take roles like that. I'm sorry. Do you think his people just won't let him take roles like that? How now has that he, Paul Rudd not played a serial killer yet? Now that he's like America's sweetheart, I don't think so. Um, because like you know, you, I think you're about to talk about role models. Yeah, and he was like a real dick in that. It was like him and Sean William Scott, right? And yeah, I think Paul Rudd is like the mentor to the um, the guy who plays McLovin. Yeah, I I am so sorry, Christopher something. Uh, <laughs> he oh, also, Christopher Mintz Plus. Yeah, he also uh, is the MC of the auditions in Pitch Perfect. But okay, I'm steering us back into Freaky. So um, <clears throat> we get like a little bit of Millie. Millie is our main character, played by Catherine Noon. We get a little bit of her own life. Um, she wakes up, her little okay, clock. You, so, sorry, I know, like, it's pretty pointless. This oh, open, oh my gosh, scene. no, 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 there's, like, a, a pre-credit season. I'm sorry, please describe it, because I, not in detail with the violent parts, but I skipped through a lot of it, so I may have missed some of the non-violent parts. I mean, there's not a whole, but, like, these four characters are just wholly unlikable. Um, <laughs> like, none of the... Think, okay. I, I'm not going to defend them for no reason, but I am going to say I don't feel like we spend enough time with them to know. I mean, they're drinking, they're just sort of like they're 
this they're they're cannon fodder yes this movie is an homage (laughs) to other horror movies so like and other body switch movies yeah because this has like big jason friday the 13th vibes where I thought they were sitting outside an abandoned house, but it's actually the home of a very rich teenager named Ginny. And so Ginny and her boyfriend, unnamed blonde guy, are there. And then another couple that Frank is definitely going to tell me the name of are also there. (laughs) Brunette girlfriend uh, ends up getting beer spilled on her by brunette boyfriend. And they have to go inside to find soda water. Um, I definitely thought they were sneaking inside to make out, but they were actually trying to find soda water. And Burnett boyfriend is like, this got to me. I was like, so he's just going to rifle through her dad's shit. And as a person who worked at a museum for years, I was like, he's just touching that bare hands, touching these artifacts. Cause apparently Ginny's dad is an art collector. I don't, none of this seems like art though. It all seems like artifacts or archaeological objects. So there's like a spooky dagger in um, a little case. There's a series of masks on the wall. We get a slow pan past that. And um, one of the masks is clearly missing. So brunette boyfriend continues to just rifle through the house and act like it's his own and goes into the spooky basement that does not have a handrail, but has a big, like nautical type rope for a handrail which like red flag alert but he decides he's got to go down there like looks around i don't know who he thought would stop him because Ginny's parents are not home they're at some fundraiser and uh goes downstairs so he is in like the dustiest mustiest basement picks up a bottle of very expensive wine takes forever to sound the wine's name out hears the noise drops the wine and then blames brunette girlfriend which Like, bro, come on, you drop the wine. And then he says, this looks expensive, is picking up the pieces, and then says, oh, man, they're going to kill me. Well, what were they going to do if you drank it? (laughs) Like, just because you broke it. I I mean, maybe Jenny's dad is a weirdo and is like, well, if my wine disappears, I at least want to know it went down your gullet. Like, I don't. I don't know how it's a different set of circumstances. So it turns out that it's the Blissfield butcher, Vince Vaughn. Um, He was supposedly an urban legend, but actually he's a real gross guy. And he murders this boy somehow. I fast forwarded. So now we go upstairs and brunette girlfriend is complaining and is like, hey, brunette boyfriend, why aren't you helping me find the soda water? And then... I think she thinks he's like going to scare her or something. And she is also summarily murdered. So then we pan outside and blonde boyfriend and blonde girlfriend, oh, Ginny, blonde girlfriend, I know her name, uh, have just finished um, having an intimate moment. And there is a lot of discussion about this intimate moment that I'm going to skip over. Uh, and yeah. Sorry, I don't want to like spend too long, but I was like, they have the whole house and they're in the garage. Yeah, and then out on the tennis court, I, I'm not sure exactly. No, like, what one, I think one of them gets chased to the tennis court, and then like they, they get chased to the tennis court by the Blissfield butcher, um, and then they get chased back into the house where blonde girlfriend is killed. Blonde boyfriend's killed on the tennis court. The parents come home and see blonde girlfriend murdered, 
And he is also just like, oh, cool knife. I'm thinking I'll take this. Um, well, he breaks the case open that uh, Burnett boyfriend has let us know there is no easy way to open this case. Uh, so, like, I mean, the whole time, I feel like the movie's like, you know these paces. We're going to take you through them, and you're going to recognize them all. And I'm like, you're right in the movie. I do. So... <clears throat> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, now we like open to Millie, um, waking up. We see a picture of her and her dad. Um, her mom's like, oh, come downstairs. I made, uh, waffles, banana waffles or banana pancakes or something. And you can also tell how, um, Millie's a nerd because she has a retainer. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was a mouth guard, which I also have, but I was like... (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for the mouth guard representation. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, to those who wear mouth guards and retainers, I'm here with you. I <laughs> am against the slander against people with mouth guards and retainers. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to grind my teeth down into nubs? No, I didn't think so. So I had, I had braces for like eight years. So <laughs> I, I had to like terrible torture devices put into my mouth called uh lip bumpers and pellet spreaders so i'm here with you i'm here uh, <laughs> do you want to look at the big book of british smiles <laughs> why must you turn my office into a house of lies <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> um she goes downstairs we are given an indication that her mother might have a drinking problem um because her sister who is a cop comes down is like not about the family togetherness, very dismissive, and then sees a wine bottle in the trash. And I was like, okay, she is a cop, so maybe she's upset about the not recycling. Or this mom also has a drinking problem. Um, she's like, I need to get to work as soon as possible so I can shoot my gun in the air. <laughs> I don't, is that what? <laughs> like five different, co- like there's five different like into the air shots by the cops in this movie. <laughs> I yeah, so like I am under the impression from other films that when cops discharge their weapon, they have to write a report about it, no matter what. The paperwork in the Blissfield Police Station must be miles high because we see Millie's 
sister discharge her weapon so many times, a lot of times without provocation. Yeah. Just like, being like, hey, stop it. Bang, bang, bang. Like, I, I think I've told you my dream, the movie I want to make that I will make for myself and nobody else is a movie <laughs> where the first 10 minutes is one of those raucous, like, lethal weapon, you know, like, big cop movie shootouts. And the next hour and 10, or, t- like, you know, 110 minutes is just them writing out the paperwork for it. <laughs> yeah, because when you think about it, it has to be extensive. So... That's that. <laughs> so there is a discussion about homecoming, and um, Millie's like, "No, I'm gonna go to this super lame production of Wicked with Mom." Um, it took me a little while to read the subtext before it became what is it, urtext? Um, that text just <laughs> makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> that Billy's mom was having a hard time letting go because um, I thought Millie just didn't want to go to homecoming. And her sister is like, mom, she has to like lay, live her own life. This is like a big rite of passage. She's got to do this, blah, blah, blah. And her mom's like, Millie doesn't want to. She wants to go see Wicked. Her sister is like completely furious about this. So then... Um, she just starts punctuating every statement of a gunshot in the air. I mean, yeah, it would be on brand for her. <laughs> she needs to live her life. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> she starts, what is that, a Nancy Sinatra song? He shot me down, bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> she starts performing that, and her mom's like, now who's upset about local theater? <laughs> She's like, oh, God, like, can, can we have one discussion without the Nancy Sinatra song on? <laughs> And then, like, we're just kind of like, where did this movie go? (laughs) Where are we right now? (laughs) And where did this podcast go? You know, where we're going back on track. Susie, go. Oh, my gosh. That was skillful, Frank. Thank you. Um, So we meet Josh and Nyla, who are Millie's incredibly supportive friends, to the point that the body switch is going to happen very soon. But to the point where... When Millie has to convince them that she has been body switched, they believe her almost immediately. And Frank, no offense, but if you got body switched into, I don't know, like whatever, whatever other body, and you were like, hey, Susie, it's me, I feel like it would take a lot more than you doing a little cheer for me to believe that. I mean, I think I know how, like, I know the question I would ask you to figure out whether or not you've been body swapped. Oh my God, please tell me. Uh, Big year, Tupac. Oh my god. Okay, yes. I'm not going to tell you because we can't give away the secrets. Yeah, I know the answer. (laughs) Yeah, because then if someone tries to body swap me, we'll have an issue. Yeah. Because then you'll be like, they do! (laughs) If only we didn't put it out on a somewhat popular podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, okay, I really got to hedge expectations for a (laughs) I mean, somewhat popular, but with the best fans. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> and the, okay, and I'm not just, that's not just a joke. I love our fans. Our fans are yeah, amazing. seriously. But I love that, like, while you're having this discussion with whomever, they're like, bro, I do not need, like, this level of detail. Thank you. And you're <laughs> like, well, you have to understand. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, but the, just to bring it back to the body swap thing, like, I feel like that's kind of the point of just, like, I know this, mu- like, 
you know, I know how you would react to so many different things that I could just be like, blah, 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 this thing. And be like, well, you're not Susie. Yeah. <laughs> you're Susie like, would never do that. Exactly. I mean, and like my specific obsessions, again, sounding like a creepy person who's like, I have a particular set of obsessions. <laughs> that everyone's like, oh, can you just like stop, please? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Again, we're uh, steering back, steering the ship back. So, Nyla and Josh are <laughs> later described by the cops as, and this is like boiling them down to like their most basic sort of uh, like physical identifying characteristics as, I think it was like a black woman and a white man who's very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the cop code for gay, I guess. Um, but there's... So, like, the thing I like about this movie is that none of the humor is mean, but it's all very much, like, kind of turning the mirror on itself of, like, we know what you expect out of a horror movie. We know what you expect, like, joke-wise, and we're gonna... We're going to get close to it, but then we're going to swerve on you in, like, the last minute. And I, I really appreciated that. I thought that was really, like, it was a much welcome change, I think. So, like, the jocks and the bullies are never, again, never, like, really given a second dimension. It's just, like, this is the archetype. You need to know this archetype. And they don't really go much further than that, um, mm-hmm. especially with the football players. Yeah. But, okay, so Millie... Uh, they're kind of like haranguing Millie like you have to say no to your mom you have to go to homecoming like when are you going to start drawing boundaries which I think is like pretty good advice like Millie does need to draw boundaries and her mom needs to kind of get her own life but um, Millie's like you don't understand she's so sad since my dad passed away and you know this is the thing she wants to do and they they know that their efforts are kind of you know futile that Millie's not really going to change her mind and she's going to go to this dumb play with her mom and that's that but you know they're her friends and they love her so they're like you got to make the move on Booker like this is the moment this is the time and Millie's like "Uh, I don't think so probably not (laughs) and like I I was just like his name's fucking Booker like Booker DeWitt from Bioshock Infinite (laughs) I know is that last name because later she refers to him by what I assume is a nickname she has for him Booker the Hooker and I was like wait what his name is Booker Strode oh okay yeah (laughs) where this movie opted for realism in a lot of places that name does not feel realistic nope um (laughs) so we also get introduced to her um to her tormentor which is Ryler um, who does the, like, oh, your dress is really cute. I think I saw that at Discount Bonanza. Um, and Mila's like, oh, whatever. And then she goes to, like, probably the mo- like the worst class. I hate woodshop. Did um, you recognize who that teacher is? No, it, no, I did not. He is Cameron, I believe, um, and you can double-check this on IMDb, Cameron from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You are so right. And wow, they they were just like, guess what? We are definitely going to kill this guy. And we you are definitely not going to care. Because, like, they make him such, like, an unnecessary bully that they're like, just put your foot on the gas. It doesn't matter. And just, like, really lead into it. So he, it's definitely harassment, like, 
ranging on abuse with the way this teacher, um, and I don't remember the actual character's name, but the way he speaks to Millie is awful. Like when she enters the classroom, she's a little bit late and, um, one of her classmates is giving a, a super like kind of like duh presentation about dog houses uh, or a dog house he has built and just on and on about how a dog would love living here. And it was like, well, I hate to be that person, but you don't know that because a dog can't talk to you. So, and also has a dog even lived in that house? I don't think so. So you don't know. So it's all actually hearsay. What, why would a dog like to hear just constant noise when he's trying to sleep? Because <laughs> he says he wants to put in a, like a good system in it. Yeah, it's like, it's always just want belly rubs. If there's something I learned from watching all of those talking dog movies at the beginning of the pandemic, it's that mostly dogs either want to sing in singing competitions or want to hang out with their owners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's not talking about putting a America's Dogs Got Talent like stage in that doghouse, so a dog's not going to be interested. I'm sorry. Yes. So the teacher is like... Oh, look, Millie, it's your turn. And Millie is very meekly says, you know, I'm not supposed to go until the 16th. And he's like, well, my roster doesn't lie, which I, I'm going to call bullshit on that. I think it does. But you should go now. And so Millie gets a little teared up and he's like, oh, crocodile tears. You're not prepared. Like, he's just being such a horrible person. So then Booker whispers under his breath, dick. And the teacher is like, oh, do you have something to say? And the the class kind of pushes forward. But um, later that day, they are at homecoming. Oh, no, 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 no. Everyone gets word that um, Ginny and blonde boyfriend and brunette girlfriend and brunette boyfriend have been murdered. And so this kicks up rumors about the Blissfield Butcher and when Ginny and her boyfriend were telling the story around the bonfire, um, there was a lot of debate about whether the Blissfield Butcher actually existed or not, because um, they, you know, it, it was supposed to be like, oh, these are just urban legends uh, so that kids don't like party on homecoming. It's sort of like a cautionary tale. But clearly the Blissfield Butcher is real. Um I just thought they are real and amazing. The Blissfield Butcher is real and not necessarily amazing. Just Vince Vaughn. Um, so. I mean, like, <laughs> admittedly, in this movie, except for Ry except for Ryler, he mostly kills people who have a comic. <laughs> okay. Um, I just I want to pump the brakes real fast. Okay. We okay. Are, okay. Okay. <laughs> we are not <laughs> advocating for murder. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Susie, we're watching like <laughs> we're watching a horror movie. There, there are certain points where you're like, yeah, yeah, you had it coming. <laughs> well, there, so later after they body swap, and we'll get there. But Millie whispers to a football player uh, something very graphic about how she does uh, is not aroused by the sight of him, and then says, "I can't wait to kill you," which I thought was so funny because he takes it in stride and kind of shrugs it off to his friends and later when he confronts her about it he's like a lot of women find me attractive and i was like wow that's the part you held on to <laughs> and so i was like i don't find you attractive and i'm gonna murder you i can tell you which of those two statements 
would weigh more heavily with me. It would not be their critique of my appearance. <laughs> well, okay. Well, Susie, it's also, you know, the, the gender like barrier there. <laughs> <laughs> Friend, okay, let's say I am I am, Mila Jovinovich Jovanovich walked up to you and was like, I don't find you attractive and I am very much looking forward to ending your life. Which of those two things would stick out to you? I don't know why I picked her, but I, but mean, I did, so push forward. Because like okay, you you chose correctly because if she said that to me, like I'm not saying I'm not trying to comment on the way she looks, but she has that like killer look in her eye of like Okay, I'm gonna leave the state now. Um, is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, this is what I'm saying is like I am a normal dude. A jock dude like that would definitely be like, Kibush is very attractive. Well, like I'm everybody's <laughs> type. That that jock dude is um, Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because he would it's definitely because he's basically a psychopath. Like not okay. He's basically like as you know murder like has whatever. Gonna strike that from the record. What doesn't matter. Um, okay, so um, we what get are you to- saying? No, like Dennis is like later in those seasons. Dennis is written as like psychotic. Well, that's what I mean. Like most of those jog- jogs are like bullies to the point where it's just like, do they see- know what right and wrong is anymore? <laughs> yeah, there is a scene toward the very end of the movie where I'm like, wow, they just really went whole hog of like you're not going to be super regretful to see these characters gone next scene. I was like, yes, movie. Okay. <laughs> and so, I, so if I had to make one criticism of the movie, I would say that it's a little uneven tonally and that I love like the wacky friend stuff. The crush stuff with Booker is great, but then all of a sudden the movie will take a swerve into very graphic country and that's either, like, language or actions. And I'm like, whoa, movie, I was not prepared. I don't know, like, honk the horn before you're going to do that. I don't I don't know why I'm in car metaphors today. But, like, <laughs> like the, uh, the thing about know, these. A lot. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about these Bloomhouse movies is most of them are PG-13. And, like, this one was just, like, we're going to earn our R rating. And, like, did you really have to? Because if this had just been a little less bloody, I would have been a bit... I'm, like, into this movie. But, like, I was not into the bloody, like, the and the parts that you were talking about. I'm like, this could have just been, like, a PG-13 movie and still been great. Um, do you know how sometimes they do uncut versions where, like, there's more graphic scenes and stuff? I'm going to say the same thing about this film that I say about the Marvel films. If you took all of the violence out, I would like it more. I would watch it more often. <laughs> what I was going to say, like, that reminds me of Saving Silverman, where, like, they had to add, like, all these non-cursing, like, retorts, where... Um... For the Comedy Central edit, and that made it so much more funny. And Frank and I had a prized VHS where one of us had sat on some Saturday afternoon and started and stopped the recording as it was on TV. And then I lent it to uh, someone who is still one of my best friends. But her fucking ex-boyfriend was like, oh, this one doesn't have the curses in it. What's wrong with it? And I never got that VHS back. And I still, whenever his name comes up, which is like once every three years, I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm because, like, I want my VHS back. Because <laughs> like, there's a point where Jack Black tags, like, um, what's his name? David Schwimmers. Not David Schwimmers, whatever. Um, 
Wait, Jason Biggs? Jason Biggs, thank you. Jason Biggs, friends. And the unedited version goes, fuck you, oof, like, uh, so-and-so. And, like, that's not as funny as you're like, die, fake friends, and just oh, attacking them. JD. Yeah. Because he's JD, and he doesn't want a replacement JD. Yeah. Um, so, um, we I can't believe we've got so far. We still, they haven't even body-swapped yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, they... Um, Okay, so we get to the, like, homecoming game, and um, Millie is, of course, the mascot, and she's dancing around in a beaver costume, because they're the fighting beavers or whatever. Um, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, like, she tells her friends, oh, go, like, the game ends. Everybody makes fun of her. Um, one guy says something that's like, this is so untrue. He's like, she'd be doable if you put out a paper bag. I'm like... Have, have you are you have you seen her? <laughs> like it's um, it's all so silly. It's so Hollywood silly in that way. Yeah, um, and like she's like, oh, my mom's coming to get me. Don't worry. Um, cut to the mom is asleep on the couch. Um, and, and there's Char- a wine bottle. Her mom's alcoholism is forgotten almost immediately after the scene. Well, I think because, I mean, this movie only takes place over two days, and I think it's, like, a thing of just, she's like, I messed up, and my kid nearly got killed, so I think I'm gonna try and, you know, quit the drinking for a bit. Um, And, like, her and Charlene also get into a huge fight about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Charlene's like, I'm coming to get you, Millie's phone dies, and she gets attacked by the, um, what is this place called? Blissfield Killer. Blissfield Blissfield Butcher. Um, He chases her onto the football field um, and he stabs her in the shoulder and, like, it hurts him too. And he, like, then uh, Charlene shows up, fires her gun in the air. Um, (laughs) He he runs away and um, Millie's brought home. Millie goes to sleep and her and, like, there's a whole bunch of not great special effects showcasing that like the dagger's doing something oh its eyes are glowing the, the dagger has eyes it's like a skull hilt kind of thing 
like the, the clouds are going over the moon. And, so the um, thing I love about this movie is I think that it was, let's say, comparatively low budget to to most bigger but like the big budget horror movies that come out. But like they, I will say they left it all on the screen, like <laughs> in the horror effects and the murder stuff. Fine, but like then with just like the spooky effects, they were like, yeah, it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Budget six. The budget was only six million. That is like, that's lo- half of what Dumplin was. Yeah, and also, um, also like that was only two million more than um, that was the other movie, uh, Happy Death Day. Oh yeah. So this is the same director. Yeah, and you can you can kind of feel the same presence. Um. In the quips and like the the, the like fast talking teens. Yeah. Um so uh okay. Ha- the okay, so we're going to until the end of the movie, we're gonna refer to them as the butcher and Millie. Uh when we refer to the butcher, the butcher is in Millie's body. And yes. when we refer to Millie, she's in Vaughn's body. Yes. Um, and like they really really nail it like when millie oh i'm already doing this wrong when the butcher wakes up and i don't know how to do this so it's not confusing and millie's mom comes in and is like how are you feeling the butcher is not talking at all (laughs) um there's just like a lot of sort of like exploring the body you know like flexing Millie's hands. I I really don't know how to talk about this, so it's not confusing. But like, I, I think Millie, you're doing fine. Okay, Millie and Vince Vaughn's body, or the Blissfield Butcher's body, is so funny because <laughs> she wakes up in like what is so clearly like a murder den, like in almost so over the top a way that it is comical. Like there's, you know mannequins everywhere hooks hanging from the ceiling a toilet that seems to have a mannequin head that i think is supposed to be a real head in it but it's just like disgusting to the point that i don't even think that a serial killer would necessarily live there but i mean it's the kind of place that if you were a cop you'd be like i'm just gonna hang out here because Whoever shows up here is definitely guilty of some kind of crime. Yeah, and then a man who looks like an old-timey prospector wanders in and is like, Hello, I would like drugs from you. And Millie, um, who does not understand why her voice is deep or why she's like in the body she's in, says, What do I look like to you? Do I look like a teen girl? And the old prospector man is like, you definitely have drugs and they are definitely good drugs and give me the drugs. I want to feel like a teen girl. (laughs) So then Millie runs. So they have Millie run and scream. I would say fairly often, like at a cadence of every 15 minutes, which means that Vince Vaughn has to run and scream at a cadence of like about every 15 minutes. I really liked this because like he didn't do it too big. He really, I felt like he really stayed in a space where, while it was still, like, funny, it wasn't over the top. Because, you know, you have to imagine if you're, like, moving in a different, 
sort of a different physicality, you would have these complications that the butcher and Millie are having. Yeah, like she's um, not used to being so tall, like you know, or strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, like I do, like I do want to talk about how good Vince Vaughn's performance is. But I also want to talk about how good Catherine Newton's performance is because we see like her as meek, shy Millie. And then, like, when she gets into, like, the serial killer butcher mode, it's just, like, like, the change is there. Like, it's not, it's... Like, even when she keeps her eyes hooded, or she's just, you know, sort of staring, unfeeling at her mom and sister, she's uh, brandishing a knife at parts for no reason, and then when she goes to get dressed, um, or the butcher in Millie's body goes to get dressed... There's a lot of sifting through the closet. Um, the butcher walks into another room. I think it's her mom's room. And, I think it's Charlene's room. Okay. And takes a red leather jacket. And so then we cut to both um, the butcher, or Millie in Vince Vaughn's body, trying to hide in the bushes. And just like really mucking it up and being like, I'm a giant. And then the butcher, it saunters through in slow-mo a cheerleading sort of pep rally performance that's happening in front of the school. Uh, Walking down the hall, all the boys are, like, losing, visibly losing their minds over this new Millie. I am going to go on record as saying, does not look that different than the old Millie, but okay. (laughs) Um, I guess it's true what they say about it's all your attitude and confidence. Oh, Um, shit, a ponytail. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, guys... (laughs) Oh, She's wearing no. slacks and a jacket. <laughs> they are jeans, you weirdo. <laughs> Why did you just call them John Hoppers at this point? Slacks is funnier. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, not dressed like a grandma. <laughs> First of all, I find that offensive. I didn't think Amelia was dressed as a grandma. I think she was dressed. Perfectly fine, thank you very much. Um, I will not be taking questions. So, <laughs> here's where the movie kind of just starts chugging along. Like, I, I feel like they're like, okay, so we got all of our, what is it, supposition, preposition? Yeah. Proposition? Uh, out Wait, of the way. They, they, they've built the house of cards, or they, they've put up all the dominoes and, like, time to watch them fall. Yeah, so... um. Millie is in shop class. The teacher's being a dick. We can like see it on her face that, or the butcher is in shop class and the teacher is being a dick. And we can see on Millie's face that the butcher's like, "Ooh, I'm gonna murder him so hard later." <laughs> and so, um, I almost called him Bonk. What is the name of <laughs> Booker? Booker is looks. It'd be so much funny if his name was Bonk, though. <laughs> oh my god, I love you, Bonk. <laughs> <laughs> Booker looks completely shocked by the transformation that Millie has made, and she's he, all, he, he's also shocked because he cut like I think she cuts his finger or he cuts his finger. No, she, he is like doing some sort of whittling of what seems to be just like a huge hunk of wood, not anything. And yeah. then he slices his finger and she puts his bloody thumb in her mouth and then he says audibly hot it was it was a really 
a very strange moment, like a totally strange moment. I, I thought it was a different dude who said hot. Okay, what if somebody confusingly just goes, hot. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? And, and the teacher is, of course, shitty about this. Um, he says, Millie, do you ever stop needing attention? So this is the craziest part, right? Is like, I think they just really wanted to hammer home that he is just out to get her because first he's saying she's too meek and too quiet. Now he's accusing her of being attention hungry. What he does not know is that the Blissfield butcher does not like being hassled and loves murder. So yeah. Um, now um, Millie is in. <laughs> oh, so then Ryler Ryler. Yes. Comes up to, um, Nyla, Josh, and Millie. Nyla and Josh are trying to like figure out what's going on with Millie. Millie. Um, and Ryler comes up and is like, oh my god, tell me everything. Like, how are you doing? What's going on? So then Millie says, fuck off to everyone. Nyla and Josh break off and are like, well, she's in shock. You know, maybe we just need to let her be weird and aggressive for a little bit. But Ryler won't stop um kind of bugging her so uh the butcher turns to her and says uh take me there and Ryler says where and the butcher says somewhere private so now they're in the girls locker room and um again the butcher is not talking and is just kind of like touching Ryler's hair a lot and Ryler is trying to fill the silence with well, are you going to tell me what's going on? You're being really weird. I'm not like, if you're that way, that's fine, but I'm not like that. And then takes off to pee. And um, this is where the butcher like lays its trap. Millie in Vincent's body is showering and kind of humming to herself. And Ryler runs out and runs into Millie and says, you know, the butcher is in there, and Millie's like, oh, I have a place for you to hide, uh, and puts the, her... The, the butcher says this. The butcher in Millie's body, yes. Yep. Um, and puts put, her in, in a cryotherapy room. I don't think they can go that low. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like That's a one-way trip to murder town. How and, did anyone not find Ryler throughout the rest of this film? Well, no, the butcher immediately finds her, Um or, oh god damn it <laughs> um, Yeah you understand what I'm saying right Yes no, I, 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 Millie finds her um, And like <laughs> And I do love Catherine Newton's delivery of, Like Riley's like is this safe And Catherine Newton goes I don't know And just slams the door She and, says like, no <laughs> um, And like um, Millie opens the door And of course Ryler falls out And shatters into a million pieces um, and the butcher is super pumped because Millie is beyond suspicion. Nobody, nobody would blame the Millie. Yeah. Um, and now they have a sketch, um, from Char, Charmaine. Someone. Um. Well, no, no, no. The sister. What is her name? Char or Charmaine? Charlene. Charlene. So, um. Vince Vaughn's visage is all over the place. So um, the butcher in Millie's body can kind of move unseen, undetected. Yeah. 
Sorry. Um, oh, <laughs> Frank is captivated. Also, at one point, um, when Millie, just because it's going to come up later, um, Booker tells Millie during their first uh, What Shall Class together, set your clock five minutes forward and you'll never be late. Um, it always saves me. So, get prepared for that to pay off later. So, um, this is the point where Nyla and Josh uh, encounter Millie, and like they're freaked out because like, oh fuck, it's the butcher and Millie Josh... and but the butcher's body. Yeah, um, and um, Josh runs away yelling, "I'm gay, you're black. Uh, of course, we're gonna die." <laughs> Yeah, there is, like, a lot of keystone coppery here, where um, they're throwing stuff at... Yeah, like, um, they, they end up in the kitchen, and the three of them are all fighting, and, um, like, at first, Millie doesn't want to hurt anybody, and then she just kind of realizes, holy shit, I'm really strong. <laughs> well, she's um, not trying to hurt her friends at all, but they're kind of flying at her, so she's deflecting things and at one point she goes to push nyla away and nyla goes flying and millie says oh wow i'm really strong yeah and then um millie like everybody's like exhausted and millie's like okay we're all tired of throwing things at each other and does the beaver like mascot dance which I'm very appreciative at one point includes twerking because um, it because of forcing Vince Vaughn to twerk. Uh, <laughs> and like, then they pepper her with a bunch of questions, which my favorite one is, um, what's your favorite movie? It's like, I tell everybody it's eternal sunshine, but it's actually pitch perfect too. Yeah. Um, which not a good choice. It should be pitch perfect. The better of the two, but fine. Yeah. Um, pitch perfect two basically is pitch perfect. Just um, they they figure out like the dagger switches bodies because it was used in ritual um, murders. Well, they get the Spanish teacher to translate, um, and it's like a bunch of you know junky mumbo jumbo. Like this is I don't believe it's real mythology. Yeah, um, and they have to ha- they have to stab like Mil- Millie has to stab the butcher by midnight or the the change is permanent. Um, so, and then, then they encounter the butcher in Millie's body and, um, like the butcher uses Millie to start screaming, oh my God, there's the butcher, there's the butcher. Um, so now Josh and Nyla are indicted because they like in the butcher's nonsense because they're with Millie in the butcher's body. So (laughs) a lot of hijinks are about to ensue. The woodshop teacher also gets the fuck killed. I'm not going to get into it, but it, it it's is very graphic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the football players take, um, including Booker, take uh, the the Bliss Field butcher to mini golf. In um, Millie's body, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they divert to Discount Bonanza to get... Uh, Millie disguised because she can't just keep going around because everybody recognizes the the butcher. Um, the butcher and Millie's mom have a nice heart to heart. You know the kind of heart to heart you can't have in your own body. Um, also, it was so strange because as far as Millie's mom knows, this is just a rando dude in a dressing room 
buying a polo shirt. And the only reason the conversation works is because it's Millie. But the whole thing was very bizarre. <laughs> Let me tell you this intimate story about my husband in a pink polo shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then she asks this man out, sight unseen. Yeah. Um, she's basically she's basically playing blind Twitter. Not blind Twitter, blind Tinder. Um <laughs> Well, she's doing a real love is blind. Um, okay. So um I also love that they fought they see uh, Millie on they see the butcher on Instagram and like all the football players like, whoa, mini golf and Catherine Newton is just playing it so like, I, I'm just just waiting to murder these people just every they second. They say <laughs> our unofficial homecoming queen and at Black Light Mini Golf Jesus, um, <laughs> they are. Uh... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply which we call it like planning a homecoming and um they decide to uh go to the old mill which is where the uh blissfield butchers uh whatchamacallit is like little murder hole yeah basically the but the uh the butchers murder fields um yeah. and um they, uh, Nyla, Millie, and Josh show up at Blacklight Mini Golf. Um, they interrupt uh, a butcher murder. They knock both Booker and the butcher get knocked out. Um, they take uh, the two of them to Josh's house because Josh's mom is a flight attendant and will not be back until the next day or through the weekend. And <laughs> Uh, Booker wakes up and he's like, "Oh fuck! Like it's it's the butcher and they have Millie tied up." And um, Vince Vaughn does a very heartfelt reading of a poem, or not really like it's all at the top of, of Millie's dome, uh, a poem she wrote for uh, for Booker and hid in his locker. Yeah, and, and this is also like um, the butcher is also just. <laughs> the most petulant at this moment where uh, the, the butcher's like, like, Booker, help me. Like, it's me. Don't believe them. It's me, Booker. <laughs> they're like, shut up. And she's like, Booker. They use that in the preview. And I think that was so smart because it's very funny. <laughs> um, they eventually, like, you know, uh, gag her. They have her tied up. Um, and 
Nyla and Booker and Millie decide to go to the police station um, to get the dagger. Uh, and that that becomes a whole, like, oh, fuck, it's, you know, Charlene's there, and the butcher, or Millie's body can't convince her sister. Um, and eventually they have to, like, lock her in a jail cell. And, and she's brandishing her gun the whole time. Yeah, I think she falls in the air again. Um, <laughs> she is threatening Nyla a lot. And I was like, Nyla has not, like, necessarily done anything. She did. I don't. If you touch something in an evidence bag, is that considered tampering? Yes. Okay. Well, lesson learned. I won't, I won't touch a ceremonial dagger with fake mythology behind it um, in well, an I evidence mean, bag. I mean, at this point, Josh and Nyla do look suspicious as hell. Like, Oh, they, I mean, they are hanging out with the Blissfield Butcher in an Aaron Rodgers mask. And they ran away from the cops. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't know. And you know what? I'm going to give Booker, like, Booker is, like, and Millie have a, like, um, are having a little conversation in the car. It's actually kind of cute. <laughs> He's like, I did not think that they were going to go for it with the Vince Vaughn Booker kiss, but they did. <laughs> I was like, good on you, Booker. <laughs> and then um, they like kind of stop it short when Millie says, I'd love to do this again when my hand um, is not twice the size of your face. And it was like, well, Millie, maybe not be so close minded. <laughs> Well, I think, uh, well, like, they do, like, a weird face touch. I'm like, oh, my God, they're doing the thing from Face Off. What do you mean? Like, in Face Off. I've never seen Face Off. Oh, God. Consider yourself lucky, because it it will wrap itself around your brain and never let go like it's done mine. Like, Tom, um, not Tom Cruise, um, what's his name? Nicholas Cage? John Travolta and his wife do this weird face touch thing, and that's how they know, like, John Travolta's back in his regular body. Like, okay. they do the face touch. <laughs> so, do you think that this was an homage to the face-off face touch? I would I would say almost definitely. Just like how the dance is a... Um, the dance that uh, Millie does is an homage to Big. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Because that's, that's how Tom Hanks, um, you know, convinces his child friend that he's, you know, still the same boy. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I need you to make a red yarn board of this whole thing. I'll, I'll, I can make one for a PowerPoint. That's a very good idea. All right, um, not not this week, but next week. Okay. Um, and of course, Josh's mom shows up, and like he's like, "This mom. is like pretty funny." <laughs> he's like, "Mom." Uh, like if he's just, and she's just like, what the fuck is going on? Why is Millie tied up? And he he's tries like, to sell it as um, a role playing <laughs> thing, and then they say that there's like some sort of you know sexual intimacy involved, and then he tries to sell it that he's straight and him and Millie are involved, and nobody's buying that. Um, <laughs> his, Millie's his, his... gagged, but is doing a lot of emoting. His mom says, my son, you're a lot of things. Straight isn't one of them. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, I'm going to, um, like, untie Millie. And Josh says, mom, no. And by then, uh, the butcher has broken out of uh, the 
restraints and is running around trying to stab them, almost immediately gives up and heads to the homecoming dance. Yeah, um, and um, in a cop car. Um, so well, oh, first ha- heads to the police station, gets the ceremonial dagger, takes off in the cop car, almost runs Josh over. Yeah. Josh um, thinks it's Char, but they're like, no, it's the butcher. We gotta go get him and her him, you know. Yeah. We have we have to go get the butcher. Um yeah. so they arrive at and like, okay, so here's one one thing. I'm now that I'm talking about it, I'm just like, so all these kids uh, like there had to be some kids to arrive first to set this thing up. Like it didn't just spontaneously it is start. Huge. Like, I was thinking that. I was like, who planned this party? It's it's huge. This in two hours. There's lights. I'm just like, did did those first party planning kids not show up and be like, there's a lot of of creepy murder shit around here. And, like, there's also, I don't think, electricity anywhere. Like. (laughs) Yeah, it's very confusing because there's definitely, like, a level of, like, rave warehouse party that would take, like, weeks to plan. But it's just. Like a pop up within the the last couple hours. Yeah. Um. And like w- the the dude from before is like, oh hey Millie, what's up? And um. He says, uh, he tries to prove to her that he is attractive by flexing. Millie still does the dead eye stare. Um, or the butcher as Millie does the dead eye stare, but he takes this as. She is very impressed and has her follow him. And again, we know this is the butcher and that the butcher um, does not like, let's say does not suffer fools. So this boy is pretty much as good as dead. He brings her back into a room. There's three other dudes. They're menacing her. We are not going to go into detail and we are not going to go into detail about what the butcher does to them, but just know that they are summarily taken care of. Like I would say pretty quickly. I'm just, just going to point out a chainsaw is involved at one point. Um, yeah! <laughs> yeah, and some sort of hook. Um, so, moving on. Which is so, which is a reference to, I know what you did last summer. Oh! Dang it, Frank! This is going to be such a good PowerPoint. And, and the chainsaw is a reference to... Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Very good, yes. Um, I was and, just guessing. <laughs> No, I mean, that's what I was going for. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, when they punch through the wall, like, at one point, Millie, or the butcher, punches through the walls around, like, somebody, and then brings them through. I'm pretty sure that's a Jason thing. Because, um, like, Jason's, like, very strong. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we're going to just wrapping up now. Um, they have a struggle. Um, Millie ends up stabbing the butcher. And he's just like, ah, oh, time's up. He's like, no, the clock is set five minutes sooner, foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> the cops show up, shoot the butcher. Shoot the butcher, now in his, now in his own body. They shoot mm-hmm. him. And um, Nyla's like, quick, Millie, what's your favorite athlete? She's like, I don't watch sports. Uh, <laughs> and Millie, Char, and Millie's mom go home. Everything seems peaceful, but guess what? Here's the butcher. Um, he's come for revenge. He faked his own death. And, um... How did he fake his own death? I think he made his heart, like, stop somehow. How? I don't know. Um, we we live live in the world of Hollywood. (laughs) 
like <laughs> medicine where like I as a far- as somebody who works in a pharmacy I had to watch the Wolverine or Wolverine Origins, one of those two shit movies, where at one point somebody says, we made her heart stop with this medicine called hydrochlorothiazide. And I just sit in the theater like, that's not what that does. That's what not does what it that do? does at all. <laughs> Tell me what it does. <laughs> it, it is like, it's like a blood what pressure medication. What did you medication. say, Martha? <laughs> it, it's a blood pressure medication. Right, I'm very have... funny. Acknowledge my funny joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what, Frank? <laughs> but I do okay. I do episode I just, canceled. <laughs> I'll, I'll just delete this. Um, no! <laughs> but I do like like I do I did enjoy the ending where like all three like of uh, like all three women in the family just show the fuck up to like stomp the shit out of the butcher. Yes. Um and like Millie and he, fun- like gets in a, a shitty dig about her mom for like no reason. Yeah. Um, He's like, then, you're a loser just like your mom. And I was like, wow, that was really uncalled for. You spent like a half hour with her mom and ate all her breakfast foods. Like, that's just rude. You know, sorry, just a quick diversion. Um, <laughs> I, I think you forgot I canceled this episode. <laughs> so there, there's like this one comic book. Where, like, um, Spider-Man's now in Avengers. He's living in an Avengers Tower with Aunt May and uh, Mary Jane. And what is Avengers Tower? I'm sorry? Why are you acting like I know what an Avengers Tower is? Oh, sorry. It's just, like, you know, the Stark building that just gets converted into Avengers. What tower. if Jeff Bridges Kool-Aid man through the Stark building? He's dead! Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, we live in this world where Vince Vaughn can, like, control his heartbeat to the point that an EMT thinks he's dead. Uh, Jeff Bridges can come back. I mean, fair. Um, but, like, this this villain... He pro- is crazy heart. Okay. I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> it, we, we've re- I've reached the point in the telling of the story where I'm like, you know what? Not worth it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Aunt May is fighting Spider-Man in the Avengers Tower. That is not what's happening. Okay. Um, so, uh, Millie, Millie, Millie stabs the butcher with a table leg. Can that be the story? What? That Aunt May is fighting Spider-Man? No. What if Aunt May was the new Green Goblin? I think there's actually a story where she is. <laughs> no! <laughs> I mean, okay, tell me that one later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that one's just for us. That's off the podcast. <laughs> no, no, excuse me. It's not that she's the new... Um, she's not the new Green Goblin. She's the new Silver Surfer. Um, what? <laughs> and please tell me this is not Marissa Tomei, Aunt May. That this is like... Grandma Aunt May. This is Grandma Aunt May. She was called the Golden <gasps> Granny. No, Frank, you are one thousand percent making that up. I don't believe you, you rotten liar. Okay, well, let me find my phone because no! I'm gonna. <laughs> to, you're gonna have to react to this in real time on the podcast. Um, so the thing is, um, like. Uh, Millie delivers the coup d'etat with, uh, oh, not not the golden granny, the golden oldie. Um, <laughs> that's so much worse, that's so much worse, are you kidding? Um, here it comes. Um, <laughs> I found that so fast. Um, so, 
Um, what is happening? <laughs> Millie delivers the, the coup d'etat to the uh, Blissfield Butcher, and that's when she says, I am a fucking piece. And no, Franklin, May Parker is no more. From this day forth, there is only the golden oldie. Do not fear, Franklin, for no harm shall befall you while you are in my care. Didn't Wait, did she adopt a child and then turn into the golden oldie? No, um, that's Franklin Richard, the uh, son of Sue, Sue Storm and Reed Richards. Oh, God. Okay. So, yeah, I'm moving on. I'm pushing forward. This is... <laughs> why? Why did this happen? Frank, why did you bring this to my attention? How dare you? How dare you? I should have canceled this episode when I had the chance. <laughs> Silence. Oh, I didn't realize you were laughing. I thought you were offended. I was like, come on, Frank. Golden Oldie is a dumb name. <laughs> I mean, it is. Like, most of that shit is. Fucking, this was the same era that birthed Ego the Living Planet. That thing sucked. Um, Frank talks about Ego the Living Planet, like, literally once a month. I'm not even joking. Because <laughs> He's really upset about it. Because it's always in my mind. This giant, dumb planet, I believe, with a mustache. Um... <laughs> Frank's like, Ego the Living Planet lives in my mind rent free. <laughs> it's just Frank shaking his fist. Okay, we are like, God, we've gone so over. Um, one of our PowerPoints definitely has to be me finding the dumbest shit comic book shit I can find. Most of it's just going to be Superman covers. Um, oh and- my God, get ready for the email. RIP our email. Like, <laughs> so, I, I feel like people who like that stuff have a radar for it. Whatever. You're going to have to reply to those emails. I'll be forwarding them to you. (laughs) Fair. Um, I'll just be like, hey, I don't know anything about this. I'm a small child. And they'll be like, you're definitely not. And I'm like, I'm calling the police. (laughs) I'm only 12. (laughs) My mom said, my mom put the parental controls on the email. I can't answer you. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Before we go, I had to talk about when um, Susie and I were both like fresh faced children on the internet. Um, I, I mean, in our teens, on America Online, um, Susie set her parental controls to, like, <laughs> basically remember this. her actual age, and, like, the parental controls wouldn't even let her go on, like, HotWheels.com. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was smart, I'm like, fucking no parental controls for me, <laughs> and I could go anywhere. Why did I do this? Are you sure I did this? <laughs> Yes, I remember distinctly because <laughs> both of us were sitting at Pubba's giant like Dell computer. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that's the other part. We did not have internet at our house until I was home one semester from college and had to purchase internet access because I couldn't do my schoolwork without it. My junior year in college. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um. We recommend this movie with the caveat that it is super violent and there is some, like, pretty intense, possibly triggering stuff in it. Um, yeah. Next week, we are doing, I don't remember, <laughs> even though it you, is my month. The, the two things you wanted to do was Donnie Darko or Cat in the Moon. Let's do Donnie Darko. Because um, I'm glad we took a break this week and it, it's good to laugh again. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, I learned about the golden oldie. If you want to write us, you can write us at realteengirltalk at gmail.com. We have a Facebook group and page. Uh, Frank curates that. Frank has another podcast. It's called I Hope I Can Make It Through with his friend Donnie. 
They talk about Degrassi. They're in season six. Yep. And until next week, I am Susie Coda. I'm Frank Coda. Team, Team Coda. Coda. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.